what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. How can a man that is so used of God find himself in a situation to where he's 300 miles out of the will of God? This right here is very serious, ladies and gentlemen. Because if it can happen to Elijah, where does that leave you and I at today? Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. And how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of First Kings. First Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19 beginning in verse 1 again this week. First Kings 19 verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And I want to continue with what we started last week, Elijah's journey into the wilderness. Jezebel has just found out that Elijah killed all of her 450 prophets of Baal. And boy, is she ever more upset over this. And the Bible says, if you'll look there in verse 2, Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, you killed my prophets, and by this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. Or words to that effect. And I know I touched on this last week, but I want to touch on it again this week because, you know, by radio we have people tuning in and out. In here we have people tuning in and out. And so I want to go back and make some statements that we made last week because I believe it's very, very important. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. Just as you killed my prophets, I'm going to kill you. Satan will tell you any lie that he can get you to believe. I want you to get that. I want you to understand that this morning. Because that right there 
is our biggest problem. We believe a lie. You know, Satan tells you that you're not going to make it. He tells you that you're going to die. He tells you that you've sinned too much and God's not going to forgive you anymore. You've blown it. You can't be used of God anymore to do anything. He tells you that your children are going to die and go to hell. He tells you any lie he can get you to believe. He's told some of you that the reason this church don't have any people in it is because the preacher preaches too hard. Oh, come on, somebody. You're going to have to fill in for John this morning. Thank you. (laughs) But Satan will tell you any lie that he can get you to believe. And that's our biggest problems when we believe a lie. We need to stop listening to the devil's lies and start living our lives according to what the Word of God says. Stop living your life by the devil's lies and start living your life by what God's Word says. His Word says in Matthew 4 verse 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is our road map, ladies and gentlemen. John 15, verse 7. Jesus said, Abide in me, and my words abide in you. He said, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. That's what the Word of God says. Ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Go to Matthew 18. Matthew 18, starting in verse 18. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Church, it's time for us to get on our face before God and start binding up some of the stupid decisions that are being made in Washington that's affecting our economy. We need to bind up every policy that's being passed that's destroying this country and is slowing down the furtherance of the gospel. Bind it up in the name of Jesus. You need to bind up the devil as it pertains to your kids. You need to bind up the devil as it pertains to your finances. You need to bind up that devil on the job. You need to bind up that devil, those demons of depression, and everything else that is coming against you in the name of Jesus. It's time for you to exercise your authority over Satan, over the powers of darkness, over every demon and power of hell. You have the keys. You've got the keys. Start using your keys. Brother James, I've lost my keys. Well, you need to find them. Well, I locked them up in the car then. Well, you need to get somebody to get in there and get your keys. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. See, the reason some of you are having some of the problems you're having is because you ain't binding up the things 
that's causing you problems. You're not binding it up. And some things can't be helped. But that devil that's taking advantage of certain situations and circumstances, you need to bind that rascal up in the name of Jesus. You are God's property, and he has no right trespassing on God's property. Bind him up. And then he said, Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We need to release the power of God in our churches. We need to release the power of God on the lost out here in the world that's not saved. That the convicting power of the Holy Spirit will finger around their hearts and convict them. That they'll come in those doors and get down on their faces before God with tears streaming down their cheeks. Repenting of their sins and accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. Release the Holy Spirit of God. You've got him on the inside of you. When you're working on the job, you need to release the Holy Spirit and talk to that one beside you that's not saved. When you're gassing up your car and you're getting all depressed because of the numbers that's going up very quickly, turn to the one beside you and say, Hey, there's a better day coming. And it's all made possible by the Lord Jesus Christ. We're paying a high price now, but the price that Jesus paid on Calvary was greater. Glory to God. And what he did on Calvary will get you further in the journey of life. Oh, there's a way to testify. There's a way to release the Holy Spirit that's in you upon this lost and dying world. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose. Loose the Holy Ghost on your husband. Loose the Holy Ghost on your wife. Loose the Holy Ghost on your children. God, finger around their hearts and deal with old hard head. He'll do it. He knows how to finger around that heart. He knows what area of their life to touch, to get their attention. Let me say this. He knows what area of your life to touch to get your attention as well. Don't always think it's my brother or my sister that needs prayer. It's me, old Lord, that stands in the need of prayer. For those of you listening by radio, I'm pointing at myself right now. All right. Again, Matthew 18, verse 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree. Well, that's a challenge right there. Trying to get two people to agree. But if two of you will agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask. It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. That's the book. That's the book. Put your faith in the book. Start believing what God said in his book. Stop listening to the devil's lies and place your faith in the book. If some of you spent more time in the book... Rather than wasting your time playing video games and watching Netflix and Hulu and watching Will Smith slap Chris Rock, 
Some of you spent more time talking about that last week than you did the Word of God, and that's your problem. Your focus was on Battle of the Blues. Now, preacher, you're getting a little too close now. Brother James, that's why there ain't that many people here this morning. You preach too hard. Tell it the way it is. Live your life according to what the book says. All right. That's my introduction for this week. (laughs) Half my radio program's over with at this point, and now we're just finally getting around to where we left off last week. I want you to think about this for a minute. Jezebel sends a messenger to Elijah saying that you killed my prophets and by this time tomorrow you're going to be dead. Why did she send a messenger? She had the resources. She had hundreds, 500, 1,000 soldiers. She could have picked any one of them or a group to sneak up on Elijah and just kill him. Why send a messenger? Have you ever thought about that? Why send a messenger? you got soldiers right there to go and kill him, go and do it. I'm going to tell you why. She was afraid that the same thing would happen to those soldiers that happened to her 450 prophets of Baal. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I said. Let me preach over here. She was afraid the same thing would happen to those soldiers that happened to her prophets. And this right here is why Satan sends a messenger to you. This is what Satan does not want you to know. He is scared spitless of you. He's scared spitless of you. The weakest child of God in this place. The weakest one in the parking lot this morning. The weakest one listening to me by radio this morning. You're so weak as a Christian, God has to send angels to prop you up in the morning. When you make it to heaven, you're going to have smoke on your clothes with the angels dragging you across the finish line. The weakest child of God under the sound of my voice today, Satan is scared spitless of you. Why is he scared? Again, it's because of what the Word of God says. It's what God has to say about you, not what Satan has to say about you. It's not what the world has to say about you. It's not what your wife has to say about you or your husband or your kids or the church members have to say about you. You need to base your life on what God has to say about you. And what does God say about you? First John chapter 4 and verse 4. You are of God, little children. 
you are of God. If you have repented of your sins and you've accepted Jesus Christ, who he is and what he did for you at Calvary, that's opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and life, and you are a child of God. You are God's property. Y'all need to say that with me this morning. I am God's property. And the devil has no business trespassing on God's property. Back a few years ago, we had a terrible time with four-wheelers just running across our property. I mean, if, if the people would act like folks and drive with some sense, I probably wouldn't have such a problem with it. But, I mean, they hit that path down there back of my house, and, I mean, they've just got them things right wide open, and they can't just drive straight. they just got to turn the wheel and just tearing the path all to pieces. Then when these hard rains come, it washes out, and, I mean, we spent hundreds, thousands of dollars keeping the path fixed where they just run across there, and they're across there so fast I mean, they can get across the property in less than two minutes. And you call the law, and ain't nothing they can do about it. And they cross the ditch, and here they go. Trespassing. I put the signs up all around. Right through the signs they go. Ain't paying the signs no mind. Brother James, what would you do? Oh, I fixed it. I put a stop to it real quick. Well, what would you do, Brother James? I built a wall. But I didn't have that kind of money to build a real wall. Had a gentleman to approach me and said, Brother James, uh, I'm in the tree cutting business, and I'm all the time trimming up limbs and stuff for folks, and I've I've run out of places to dump my limbs. Uh, have you got anywhere down there behind in, in the woods I can dump my limbs? I said, yes, sir, I do. I got the perfect spot for you to dump your limbs. You dump as many as you want. He said, now, James, I tell you, I'll pay you $50 a load if you'll let me bring them down there. I said, you go right on ahead. I got $50 a load. I built a wall and made them pay for it. <laughs> Glory to God. We built a hedge. We built a wall. Made them pay for it. No more four-wheelers. It's mighty quiet down there on the farm now. No more ripping and rearing and tearing up and... Path washing out, put a stop to it. You know, there's a big problem down there in the south. And there's a way to fix it. And that's put the wall up. But I said all that to say this. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary, he paid the price to put up a wall around you. <laughs> See, this was even good under the Old Testament with Job. See, the devil wanted to get at Job, but he couldn't do it because God had put a hedge. Oh, God's got a hedge around you. He's got a hedge around you. 
And any time the devil tries to come through that hedge, he's trespassing. He's trespassing on God's property. And you need to call up the authorities. God the Holy Ghost. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And say, you look at there, that devil's done come off into your property. He's trespassing on your property, God. What are you going to do about it? You're a child of God. You belong to God. You are God's property. Oh, let me show you something else here. How many of you got kids? Little little kids. I'm not talking about the already grown now. They're able to take care of themselves. How many of you got little kids now? Okay, we got to thank God for a, little, for a hand. Little kids. I got two daughters. I'm curious over my, my two daughters. Now, friend, you can mess with me all you want. And I'll put up with it and I'll deal with it. But, 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 but mister, let me tell you something. When you start messing with my youngins, you're going to have a problem. And God is the same way over us. He's curious over us. He paid an awful price, an awesome price, for us to be saved. You belong to God. Start acting like you belong to God. Start acting like you're a child of God. You're a child of the King. God will make you the head and not the tail. But it's all contingent upon your faith. Oh, good grace and mercy, that clock's gone crazy. I've said a lot of stuff here this morning I didn't intend to say. All right. 1 John 4, verse 4 again. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who is the them? The world, the flesh, and the devil. Now you didn't overcome them yourself, but Jesus Christ did when he died on Calvary. And when you identify with him, Romans chapter 6, know you not as many of you as were baptized into Jesus Christ, you were baptized into his death. When Jesus died on Calvary, the old you died with him. When he was buried in the tomb, all of your sins was buried in the tomb. When he rose victorious out of the grave, you rose victorious out of the grave. You are victorious today. You are an overcomer today. Not because you went through a 12-step program. Not because you came to Friendship Church. But because you placed your faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And God gave you the victory. The victory is not floating around out here. The victory is yours today. You need to say it with me this morning. I'm victorious today. I'm victorious today. I'm victorious today. I'm an overcomer today. I'm an overcomer today. Glory to God. Stop listening to the devil's lies. It says you're not an overcomer. You're not going to make it. 
you're an overcomer today because your faith is in Christ. Your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. You are in His hands, and no man can pluck you out of His hand. Now, you can jump out of His hand if you want to do such a foolish thing, and there are those who've done such. But if you want to be saved today, you're saved. All right. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them. Oh, I love this. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in this world. That's why Satan is afraid of you. He is scared spitless of you. Not because of you, not because of your genetics or your past or whatever. He's scared of you because of the one who is living on the inside of you. And that is what Satan doesn't want you to know. He's scared of you today. Stop being scared of the devil. The devil's scared of you. That's why he sends that messenger of hell to you and he lies to you. Now, Satan's lies can be very plausible. I mean, he tells you something, and the battlefield is your mind. He plants these thoughts in your mind. And you start looking at your situation and your circumstances, and it sure looks like what he's telling you is going to happen. That's what happened with Elijah. He looked at his circumstances and the situation. He heard that messenger of Jezebel. And it all made sense to him. And on top of that, he knew that she had the resources to do it. And the Bible says that he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba. Elijah believed a lie, and now he's operating in fear. And he run 300 miles. How can a man that was used of God to such an extent. I mean, we're talking about a man that stepped up to Ahab and said, there won't be any dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And it didn't rain. During that time, he stayed with a widow woman, and her son died. He prayed for the child, and the child was raised from the dead. The first one ever to be raised from the dead was by the hands of Elijah, God using this man. Stood there that day on Mount Carmel, and the fire of God fell upon the altar. Such miracles. How can a man that is so used of God 
find himself in a situation now to where he's 300 miles out of the will of God. This right here is very serious, ladies and gentlemen. Because if it can happen to Elijah, where does that leave you and I at today? He ran to Beersheba, 300-mile journey. He's so tired of running. He's just wore out. Depressed. So depressed, so tired, so wore out, he wanted to die. And in 1 Kings 19, 1 Kings 19, verses 3 and 4. Right here are the signs, the warning signs to suicide. See, you didn't know there was warning signs to suicide in the Word of God, did you? But it's right here. 1 Kings 19, verses 3 and 4. Withdrawing from others and wanting to be alone. That's verse 3. Elijah left his servant in Beersheba, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. Sleeping too much or sleeping too little. The Bible says that he came and sat down under a juniper tree. Having thoughts of suicide or talking about dying, he requested for himself that he might die. Feeling overwhelmed, depressed, hopeless. You've just had enough. Elijah said, it's enough now, O Lord. Looking for a way to kill oneself. He said, O Lord, take away my life. Feeling like you have no purpose. Feeling like you're a burden to others or just... Not good enough, he said, for I am no better than my father's. Look at that. The warning signs to suicide is found right here in the Word of God. There are other warning signs of suicide. Talking about feeling trapped or being in unbearable pain. Increasing the use of alcohol and drugs. Acting anxious, agitated, or reckless. Showing rage. Or talking about getting revenge. Displaying extreme mood swings. The answer is Jesus Christ. The answer is Jesus Christ. But I know there are some out there listening by radio this morning. For some reason, you're not going to accept Christ as your Savior. There is a helpline. 
that you can call. If you or someone that you know is not going to accept Christ, you can call the lifeline. And the number here in the United States is this, 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text SIGNS, that's S-I-G-N-S, to 741741. That's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's anonymous, and you can receive free crisis counseling. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, you can call that number or text and get some help. But again, like I said, the answer for which you seek is Jesus Christ. All right. How can Elijah, a man that's used of God in such a way, how can he have these thoughts of suicide, wanting to die? How can that be? Let me say this. Just because you're a Christian doesn't make you exempt from suicidal thoughts. There are certain chemical imbalances in the brain that can cause this. Certain medications that a doctor prescribes to you can cause you to have suicidal thoughts. If you're having suicidal thoughts and you're taking a medication, check the warning signs on there. Check it out. And if you're taking a medication and you're having these signs, these symptoms, then you need to contact your doctor and let them know. Okay? That's from a medical viewpoint. But now let me come at you from a spiritual standpoint. Elijah was under extreme demonic oppression. When you place your faith in Christ and the cross, that gives the Holy Spirit the legal right to work in your life. Okay? Now let's flip the coin over. When you place your faith in the devil's lies, that opens up the door for demon spirits to oppress you. I didn't say possess you. Going back to the scripture we read a while ago, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Demon possession is within. The demon actually comes inside the individual. Demon oppression is when demon spirits oppress you from the outside. A lot of Christians are believing a lie today and they are oppressed. And they're popping pills. And they don't understand why, I, I, if I'm a Christian and this Christian experience is supposed to be so good, Brother James, why do I feel like I do? You're demon oppressed. And Jesus Christ is your answer. Acts chapter 10 
and verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus is anointed today. Jesus has the power today. He has the power to set you free from that demonic oppression. Matter of fact, if you believe what the Word of God says and start taking authority, you've got authority over that devil. Start binding that thing up that's coming against you. Put a smile on your face this morning. It'll increase your face value. Amen. You got something to smile about today. You got something to laugh about today. There should be a joy that springs up in your heart today. Start using the power that God's given you. But your problem is you believe the lie. Somewhere down the line, you believe the lie of the devil. And that's opened up the door for demon spirits to oppress you. That's why instead of singing Amazing Grace, you're singing gloom and doom and agony on me. Can't fix a problem unless you know you got a problem. You need to know what your problem is. That problem's the devil. He's attacking you. Why is he attacking you? Because he's afraid of you. If the devil ain't bothering you, then you ain't got nothing he wants. You need to just shout and praise God this morning because the devil's on your back. Shout hallelujah. Praise God. Got an ugly phone call from a lady the other week. Boy, did she ever lay me out. I just listened. I said, ma'am, I thank you for your call. I'm glad you were listening. I'm praying for you. Click. What'd you do, Brother James? Didn't that make you feel bad? I said, well, a little bit. But I began to praise God. I began to thank God. Because we finally said something that made somebody mad enough to call me. Like I said, if you ain't doing nothing, then the devil ain't going to bother you. But when you're causing damage to the kingdom of darkness, Satan, you got a target on your back. All right, let me finish this up. Elijah wanted the wrong thing. He wanted to die. But he went to the right one. He wanted the wrong thing. But he went to the right one. How many of us have wanted things? And we go to the Lord in prayer. And Lord, I want this right here. When you go to the Lord in prayer, you're going to the right one. And sometimes what you ask for, God just might not give it to you. Because what you're asking for is not right. You think it's right. You think it's the right thing. We need to thank God for unanswered prayers sometimes. Are you listening to me this morning? You need to thank God for unanswered prayers. Elijah prayed that he would die. 
And God knows exactly what to allow into our lives to get us where we need to be. Let me say that again. God knows exactly what to allow into our lives to get us where we need to be. And God sent an angel. Glory to God. He sent an angel. And in 1 Kings 19 verse 5, the angel touched him. That's all that any of us need is a touch from heaven. I said, that's what we need today. You say, Brother James, I'm in a mess this morning. I don't know what's going on. No matter which way I go, I'm, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. I'm condemned either way I go. I go to the Lord, but I just don't know what to pray. I don't know what to tell Him. You need a touch. You need a touch. Glory to God, you need a touch. Just to have a touch, Lord, from you. Oh, it helps in life's troubles go through. Oh, dark may be the night, but it brings a ray of light. Just to have a touch, Lord, from you. Glory to God. Lord, this morning our churches need a touch. Our country needs a touch. Lord, Ukraine needs a touch. Russia needs a touch. Lord, the Chinese need a touch. God, touch us today. Just one touch of your hand. That nail-scarred hand. The angel touched him. And said, Arise and eat. And Elijah looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. God wasn't done with Elijah. Wasn't finished with him yet. He sent an angel to touch him. And that angel provided bread, which is a type of Christ, and he provided water, which is a type of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this today. God's not done with you yet either. Those of you listening by radio this morning, you think it's all over with. No, it's not. God's not finished with you yet. Ask God to touch you. You need a touch. You need the bread. Christ and Him crucified. You need the Holy Ghost, the water. And it's all still available for us today. The Bible said in 1 Kings 19, verse 6, that Elijah did eat and drink and laid down again. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him again a second time. The Lord came to him a second time. The Lord came to him a second time. Oh, let me preach over here. The Lord came to him a second time. The Lord will come to you as often as is needed because he loves you today. And he's not finished with you yet. Came to him a second time. 
He said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. Elijah had traveled 300 miles out of the will of God. How many under the sound of my voice today? You're 300 miles out of the will of God. The journey back is too great for you on your own. You can't get back on your own. God's not finished with you yet. He wants to touch you today. He wants to give you the bread. He wants to give you the water. Allow Him to do it today. The journey is too great for any of us. And this is the thing. Either you have been on this journey or you are going to be on this journey. And just because you go on the journey into the wilderness and play the fool, that don't mean that God's done with you yet. He'll follow you there. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. You may leave God, but He will not leave you. You can lay your head down on your pillow at night and God the Holy Ghost will deal with you and work with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He'll touch you. The journey is too great for you. Elijah needed the bread and the water to get back where God wanted him to be. And you need the bread and the water too. I need it. And Elijah arose. He did eat and drink and went in the spirit of that meat 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Elijah's journey into the wilderness is a journey that all of us either have taken in the midst of taking now or may even take in the future. God has given us His Word. We cannot get back on our own. But if we'll do as Elijah did, take of the bread, allowing the Lord Jesus Christ into our hearts and lives, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and lives, you can go in that and get to where God wants you to be. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252 299 4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, as well depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to come.
contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy, and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.